Hey there, good morning and welcome to the very first Carrots and Coffee with Jewelry Navigator. This is a live stream that I'm going to be doing. There we go, I'm just getting situated. So if anybody is joining in, wonderful, welcome. And if, um, if this is something you missed, don't worry about it. I will be posting this as actually a podcast later this week. And the reason I decided to do this was to be able to recap the week and give you some sneak peeks into what's coming up. It's meant to be just a real short, brief, uh, welcoming, and little news stream that I'm going to be doing along with the podcast. And like I said, this is the very first one, so I'm working out the kinks. So welcome again. And um I'm super excited to be back. Like I said um, in my previous podcast episodes, I've just recently relaunched the podcast after being really super busy this um, this past year with a move and getting settled in. And uh, now it's time to get busy again. And it's a perfect time of year to do that, especially with spring cleaning. And as promised in the last episode, Digging for Diamonds, I want to share some jewelry spring cleaning tips with you, something that everybody can use, whether you're a consumer or you're a shop owner. And these are just good reminders for everybody. Also, as a designer or a jeweler who has your own special line, make sure that you're encouraging your customers to clean their jewelry, how important it is to clean it. And then today, I just want to go over some quick tips on some spring cleaning action activities or tasks you can do for your jewelry to make sure that it's looking its best. And it's also a great way to examine your jewelry for any possible repair risks, maybe stones that aren't secured all the way with prongs that are worn off or broken off or chains that are broken and can be easily repaired. So let me just go over, I have five quick fixes for you to keep in mind for spring cleaning your jewelry box. The first one is kind of obvious, chains when they break, it usually breaks somewhere on a weak spot or maybe it just unfortunately got pulled, a baby reached up and grabbed it off of um, someone's neck, that's easy to fix. But Again, educating your consumers on chains that are older and worn on a daily basis, they just get worn out. And sometimes jewelry just gets worn out and you shouldn't be wearing it anymore. And also informing them on the risk of continuing to wear it, it's it's at their risk. So if it falls off their neck and they knew that the links were wearing thin or the clasp connectors are wearing thin, then it's at their risk and you did your job to inform them of, you know, a valuable piece that they loved and it got lost. So hopefully people are taking your advice and following through with repairs, whether it's at your shop or um, we can direct them to someone reputable in their town. So chains are pretty easy to repair, whether it needs a clasp just to make it function again and enjoy to wear it and then really simple cleaning it and a lot of people don't realize that yellow gold does tarnish 
It sounds weird. We all know what silver tarnish looks like, but yellow gold tarnish makes it look really brassy. You can use a cleaning cloth that has a treated um, ingredient in, you, you might have seen them, they're two-sided. You open it up and it has a white layer on the inside. That's the side that's treated oxidation that builds up on metal, on precious metal that can be removed with that side. And then you just use the other side. You just use that to shine it up really nicely. And that will take a, that will work really well. And the second tip is orphan earrings. A lot of times we sleep in them or in, in the time when Everyone was wearing masks a couple of years ago. It was, <laughs> it was a really bad casualty where there were lost earrings. You might have more orphan earrings in your jewelry box at this time than any time before. But a really simple fix for that, if it's something that you want to wear again, either maybe have it replicated if it's easy enough to replicate or convert it to a charm or a pendant, if that's possible. If it has a stone and can be set into a real simple setting, it can be worn as a pendant again. Um, diamond stud earrings, a lot of people don't realize that it's pretty simple to match the color and clarity of the stone and the size, of course, and the setting, if it's a pretty simple diamond stud earring set. Um, also, just take the diamond and make it into a pendant. That's another easy solution, just like with the other orphan earrings. The third one is um, kind of related to the same thing, earring backs. Don't throw them away. You might lose an earring back from another earring and just be able to use another one. Or if it's just worn out and it's not uh, gold or something you want to hold on to, just throw them away. Get them out of the way. Get them out of your jewelry box. The spring clean your jewelry box out. And then white gold. A lot of people don't understand that white gold is not a true white metal. It's a combination of yellow gold, which is the base material. And then it has other alloy metals to make it white. I'll have more details on my gold episode, but um, what happens over time with white gold, most of it now is rhodium plated and rhodium is in the platinum family and it's what makes white metals look really shiny. And over time, especially on the backside of a white gold ring, you'll start to see a yellow tinge and that's just, like I said, it's yellow, white gold is a combination of yellow gold and white alloys. Over time, that wears off and rhodium plating it makes it look brand new again. So rhodium plating jewelry, especially rings, that cleans things up nicely. And I highly recommend whatever rings you have that have stones in them, if they haven't been checked by a jeweler to make sure the prongs are secure and not wearing thin, absolutely do that. And then the fifth tip is pearls. A lot of us have, I know I have probably three or four strands of pearls in my jewelry box. You know, two or three of them are not real. They're just costume, but they're just easy to grab and they look wonderful. But most people don't know the difference. Find out if you have costume or, um, or natural pearls, and those will either be cultured or freshwater pearls. And I'll go into the differences. Sounds like another really great topic for, um, for pearl jewelry, understanding the difference, because there are definitely several different types and the history behind 
the um, the cultivation of the market, especially for freshwater pearls, is really interesting and in how that's come so far in a relatively short period of time. So, um, yeah, pearls and identifying whether they're natural or costume. And if they are natural and it's something you want to continue to wear, have them restrung, have them assessed to buy a jeweler to see if the um, silk thread is wearing thin. And if they haven't been restrung, I would say if you wear them on a regular basis in the last five years, you should really consider doing that. And then there are um, details like whether or not you want to have knots in between each pearl, because what that does is if, if the strand breaks, all the pearls don't just go rolling away. Um, the pearls are definitely an added security, especially for natural pearls. So those are my five tips for quickly cleaning your spring cleaning your jewelry box. And this is a topic I'll continue to touch on because it's it's just really valuable. It's not, you know, it gives you some really usable, workable information on how to take care of your jewelry and um, what to do with the things you want to keep and what to do with things you don't want to keep. What's coming up? I'm really excited about some of the guests that I have, but this guest that I'm going to be featuring next week, her name is Kelly Jewell. Oh my gosh, what a perfect last name, right? It's J-U-E-L-L and her business name is Jewel Time. She has a really unique um, niche in the luxury watch market, the secondary or pre-owned watch luxury watch market mostly with Rolex watches where she customizes them with either bezels which is the part that goes around the edge of the um, people call it the face or the dial with diamonds or um, alters the the dial which is what people call the face um, alters the dial with gemstones whatever the client wants she personalizes it with um just with unique additions and just hearing about how um, how delicate that process is with being very specific with measurements and making sure she's working with the highest skilled watchmakers. It was a really interesting story. And we talk a little bit about how consumers can protect themselves when shopping secondary markets, where you can find her and examples of what to look for when shopping on websites like eBay. Her name, like I said, is um, Kelly Jewell and her business name is Jewel Time. So I'm really looking forward to sharing her story. And that will be on Thursday, this coming Thursday on Jewelry Navigator Podcast. As I continue to make this a weekly event, I look forward to having you all join me. I believe if, yeah, I'll continue at 8.30 on Saturday mornings. If that changes, I'll, I'll let you know. And this is kind of an experimental thing. So if you're listening to this and there's a time you think would be better, I'm kind of thinking maybe Sunday afternoons at 3 or 3.30 because everybody's kind of in the middle of getting ready or just procrastinating, getting ready for the weekend, it's kind of fun to have a, have a diversion. So I'm thinking about maybe changing it to Sunday. So either way, let me know your thoughts and you can find all of the podcasts along with a whole archive of informative and entertaining jewelry podcasts on jewelrynavigator.podbean.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Here's to Carrots and Coffee with Jewelry Navigator, and once again, I am Brenna Pakes, Jewelry Navigator. 
Thanks so much. Bye-bye. 